the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, I'm sure by now you've seen the video. You probably have the uncomfortable images in your mind. Or you've heard about the drag show in a Texas bar on Sunday uh, at which minor children were taken, were recruited. It was a performance which was geared toward children. The title of the promotion was Drag the Kids to Pride. Kids in a bar didn't think that was allowed. I mean, I've been in restaurants where, you know, they you, you go in, the restaurant's crowded, or seats at the bar. Oh, we have our kids with us. Not that I don't like it when we have our kids with us, but, you know, kids aren't allowed to sit in the bar. They'd be 21 to sit in the bar. In Texas, you're not allowed to take kids to a bar. You shouldn't be allowed to take kids to a drag show at a bar. And if the response to this event... Uh, triggers Texas lawmakers to follow through on a proposal which would outlaw exposing kids to drag shows, it would be a very, very good thing. One Texas legislator has responded with proposed legislation to keep kids from being recruited to go to drag shows. The Texas state legislator is a guy named Brian Slayton. He says, drag shows are no place for a child. I would never take my children to a drag show. I will be filing legislation to address this issue in the new Texas legislature. Well, even though San Francisco voters have rejected Chesa Bodine as the city's uh, prosecutor, attorney general, uh, here is a tweet from California State Senator... Scott Weiner. I don't know if he's related to Anthony Weiner, but it sure seems like he is. His response to this Texas legislative proposal to outlaw kids going to drag shows is to respond like this. Hey, this guy just gave me a bill idea offering Drag Queen 101 as part of the K-12 through curriculum. Attending Drag Queen Storytime will satisfy the requirement. So Senator Weiner of California is a member of the, I know this will shock you, the Legislative LGBTQ Caucus. And he has a rainbow flag on his Twitter biography. And we're in the midst of Pride Month. And I... 
told you the story yesterday of the Tampa Bay Rays players, five of them, who declined to wear their team uniform with the sunburst emblem on their sleeve, colored like a rainbow, and the, I think it's TB on their hats for Tampa Bay. That was also in rainbow colors. They wore their regular hats, and they didn't wear the rainbow sticker on their arm. This was, of course, panned as bigoted by a commentator on ESPN named Sarah Spain. And I got to thinking about this, as is so often the case in so many events that get the left all fired up about us in the basket of deplorables who still live our life through a faith prism and still are devoted to a holy and authoritative God, would their reaction be the same? Would it be bigoted if the Tampa Rays owner was a Christian and he wanted to put a cross on the uniform? Would five players not wearing a cross on the uniform be greeted as bigoted and, uh, you know, intolerant. I don't think so. What if they wanted to put the Star of David on the uniform? What, what if the owner of the Tampa Rays was Jewish and he said, "You know what? We're gonna put we're gonna put the Israeli flag on our uniforms because you know I I own the team. I decide what goes on the uniform. That's an agenda that I support. We're gonna put that on the uniform." And some of the players said, "No thanks, no." Not going to do that. Would they be panned as bigoted? Of course not. You know they would not. So you're going to hear all month pride parades everywhere, and you're going to hear how persecuted and put upon and diminished gay people are. I got to thinking, what rights do they want that they don't have? What rights do they want that they don't have? What major corporate entity out there, publicly traded company, has not bowed or bent the knee to the ever-growing LGBTQIA plus movement? I say growing, not because I think their numbers are swelling, although they probably are increasing because we have so much affluence here in our country that our teenagers are susceptible to the grooming of the nut job teachers in their districts and the empty-headed administrators in their districts. And I'm talking about Bethel schools, Olentangy. I'll leave some out, probably by just forgetting. Upper Arlington, Dublin, Hilliard, all districts where administration or the board has become enslaved to the DEI agenda or to the LGBTQIA plus agenda. I say it's a growing movement because it used to just be the lesbian and gay. And then it was LGB. And then it became LGBT. And then it became LGBTQ. 
And then I think I and A joined the party at the same time. And I'm not even sure what A stands for. And I'm not, well, I think, I was going to say, I'm not even sure what could be under the umbrella of the plus that wasn't also under the, (laughs) wasn't covered by LGBTQIA. What could be covered under the plus? Pansexual. I keep waiting for them to add a P. The pansexuals are getting jobbed in this. So the movement continues to grow. And as I said last week, and as I will say again and again and again and again, you see the growth of the movement in the concessions the movement asks for. Originally, same-sex couples Back during the AIDS epidemic, it was like, look, I, you guys might not get it, but, you know, just tolerate us. Like, just let us be who we want to be. Just tolerate us. And then it became, well, you know what? Tolerating us is not enough. We're, we feel like second-class citizens. Now we want you to accommodate us. We want you to give us same-sex unions. And we won't ask for gay marriage, but then eventually we did. And then we got more, 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 more. And eventually, as the Moors started to mount, we got to the point where it was like, okay, now you've tolerated us, you've accommodated us, now it's time you celebrate us. So that's what the parades are about, and that's what the drag queen story hours are about. That's celebrating. And that's the corporate virtue signaling and the companies giving millions of dollars to these causes. And now we've had enough of this mindset flourish in our colleges and universities that we have churned out teachers and even some school board members who say, you know what, not enough to tolerate and accommodate and celebrate. Now we have to indoctrinate. So let's put the gender hippo on a coloring assignment for kids in elementary school and ask them how they can be an advocate for, you know, non-binary people. Let's cause a panic over House Bill 616 before it ever gets a public reading in the House. Let's cut that bad boy off at the pass. So I'm torn here because while I want to make clear that I have nothing. I like C.J. Stroud, Ohio State's quarterback. Uh, C.J. Stroud's a, a, a kid who impressed me the first time I talked to him. He talked about prayer and his Christian faith. So I got no problem with C.J. Stroud. He seems to be a, a wonderful young man. Everything in his life appears to be ordered the right way. But getting a $150,000 Bentley for being a college football player a really good one, by the way. Um, and I and I'm not against name, image, and likeness. I just think it is laughable, laughable that Ryan Day, the head football coach, and Gene Smith, the athletic director, last week made a public plea to a hundred business owners from around the state about, hey, we need $13 million in name, image, and likeness deals from you guys every year. Every year we need a 
$13 million from you guys every year in order to keep our football roster together. But if, we don't, if you don't give our guys money for being spokespeople for your company or for your charity, our football program is going to become a shambles. Just a shambles. Like we always won't, won't be able to survive. And I'm trying to put myself in the position of these business owners in the room. And I have a couple questions. Number one, I know we all like Ohio State to win. I get that. But would the quality of life in Columbus really be, or in the state, really be dramatically diminished if Ohio State year in and year out averaged hmm, nine wins a year? Because that's as bad as they're ever going to do. Nine wins a year. It's as bad as they're ever going to They're never going to become a 500 team. Too many good players here in the state of Ohio who would Gladly take a scholarship to Ohio State. Go play. You can find a coach who'd do a good job. Not Probably not as good as Ryan Day. I think he's phenomenal. But that's my first question. Is would the quality of life in Columbus really be diminished appreciably if Ohio State was not annually the class of the Big Ten and a college football playoff contender? That's my first question. Second question is, if you're a business owner, and you've worked hard to get your business to be profitable. Do you have enough profit margin to spend money on a commercial spokesman who is a college athlete who may not really do anything to help you grow your business? Now, this Bentley that C.J. Stroud is getting is valued at $150,000. I assume they're not just giving it to him. I assume he can lease it, drive it, going to give it back when he's not an Ohio State quarterback anymore. And so they're going to take a they're going to take a bath on this car cuz they're not getting anything for it except CJ Stroud saying, "Hey, hey, you know these guys sell me this Bentley, give me that. My Bentley dealer's the best Bentley dealer in Ohio. If you want a Bentley, you ought to get a Bentley from him." First of all, how many people want a Bentley? Okay? How many people can afford a Bentley? How many people who can afford a Bentley have a second alternative Bentley dealership that they might buy a Bentley from that C.J. Stroud would make the difference in them buying a Bentley from this guy in Canton? Oh, I'm getting my, hey, you getting a Bentley, Joe? Yeah, man, I'm getting a Bentley, too. Yeah, because C.J. Stroud drives a Bentley. Fantastic. How are you going to make a Bentley work? Aren't you a uh, a plumber? How's that going to work with your budget? Well, I'll make it work because, hey, you know, I'm all in C.J. Stroud. (laughs) Win the Heisman Trophy, and if CJ drives a Bentley, then I got to drive a Bentley too. Great. Where are you going to get your Bentley from? The Bentley dealer down the street? No, man. I'm going to Canton. That's where CJ got his Bentley. He says that dealer is the best Bentley dealer he's ever met. Good enough for me. Sign me up. Does anybody have that conversation? No, of course not. That's a ludicrous conversation. Does CJ Stroud's endorsement, assuming he's good at it? which that's not a given. That's not a given that a college athlete will be a great endorser. Let me tell you a little story from Bruce's time in sports radio here in Columbus. We had an Ohio State football player, and I'm going to try to be cagey in my description of him because I don't want you to be able to identify who it was. But we had an Ohio State football player who had a very good season one year. 
And a luxury automobile dealer in town brought him into our radio station to cut an endorsement spot for said dealership. And he sat in front of the poor production director for two plus hours reading the same commercial over and over and over and over and over and over and over. over. Two hours with the production director dutifully coaching him on where to put his voice inflection, how to make it sound good, la, la, la. And the spot they came up with was garbage. Not because the production director didn't do a good job, but because the player just didn't have the capability of authentically articulating why he had gotten a car from this dealer and why the dealer should be where you get your car. Which that's the whole trick in the endorsement game is to make it seem believable. That's why I don't endorse things I don't use. And I don't endorse people I don't know and like a lot. And trust. Now, I'm sure C.J. Stroud, I talked to you about his character. I think it's perfectly good. I'm sure C.J. Stroud never met these dudes from the Bentley dealership in Canton before they said, hey, C.J., would you like a free Bentley? (laughs) By the way, to finish the story of the former Ohio State football player who was given a luxury car, he gave it to a friend to drive, and the friend crashed it. Yeah, that happened. Now, I don't think CJ will do that. I think CJ will return the car to Canton in pristine condition. Maybe even he'll maybe even buy it after he signs a huge pro contract, which I have no doubt he will do. But does this, here's another question that I have. First of all, what's the value of a commercial endorsement from a college athlete who you know clearly cannot afford this? He was just given it because he's a college athlete. And then thirdly, my question is, Does this change how you look at Ohio State sports? I mean, I know you know that name, image, and likeness is there, and these kids are getting paid. And this, three years ago, if this headline were out there, C.J. Stroud getting a $150,000 Bentley because he's a Heisman Trophy candidate. Well, they're on instant probation. Now, I know that's legal now, but is it in the mind of a sports fan? Eh, kosher now? Does it make you look at Ohio State football players or college football players any differently now? Do you like them more? Because they're getting a $150,000 car just because they won the genetic lottery and then they worked hard and cultivated their craft and found a great coach in Ryan Day who can bring the most out of them, who surrounded them with great other players. By the way, if you're one of those great other players and you help make C.J. Stroud a super... Heisman Trophy candidate? Like, do you get an Acura or a Chevy? You get you get something? I just think this whole thing is fraught with peril. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.